1: Welcome to Show Studios Fashion Radio, the podcast video series exploring the remarkable relationship between fashion and music. Every week we'll be joined by fashion's biggest names and the talent of tomorrow as they share their 10 life-defining tunes and the stories behind them. I'm your host DJ Fat Tony and my guest today hails from Brooklyn, New York. Getting her start in the New York club scene in the 80s, this queen of downtown court was a friend and muse to Jean-Michel Basquiat. Before becoming one of London's most sought-after stylists and consultants, her work has been featured in Dazed, Rolling Stone, and for 25 years she's been stylist to none other than Tori Amos. Let's welcome the incomparable Karen Binns. Hey, DJ Fat Tony, and welcome to show studio Fashion Radio. And this week I'm so excited about today's guest, Like, I can't even put it into words about how excited I am. I've known this person for so many years, and we have so many disco stories. It's the incredible Karen Binns. Hi, welcome...
2: Hey boo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I've wanted to, since we started this, I wanted to get you on you You're on my bucket list.
2: Really? For so
1: many for, was for so <laughs> many reasons, because I've known you for so long and you've always been Karen. Always. Wherever we be in IB, be in New York, wherever we are, you're just you're just Karen Bins. That's what you are, that's what you do. You're one of these like icons of fashion in the sense that. You know what you're going to get with Caribbean. You see carambins, the look, the style, the attitude. It never changes because it doesn't need to change. It's it's always it. You know it's like a really fine fucking wine. Do you guys You are you really are because you That's know. It's a nice thing
2: to say. It, it,
1: you, as you've matured, you just your presence has got bigger and bigger within this, especially within fashion. Mm-hmm. and what you do and you know i i just i adore you and i always have done from the very
2: first day i met you uh, which was a very long time ago very long time ago i um, met you and you were really wild but uh you're a really good boss actually you're a really, really
0: good
2: boss. <laughs> you, you know it was it was amazing when i moved to london I was like the door girl in New York City. Uh-huh. And then I moved here and I became the, do, the 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 door girl in London.
1: You certainly and, did, you know.
2: And I um I did the doors for you at your parties. you always had mad respect for me, like you just always treated me like Karen. You know, you're the one. You know, like you got my back, but I've also got yours. And. Everybody would say, you know, Tony's wild, he's crazy, he doesn't pay me any attention, you know, he don't give me no respect. I'm like, I don't have that relationship with Tony.
1: No, you never did because you know what? You were the <laughs> one. But, you know, also those people weren't really, in, you know, they didn't get respect because they didn't, probably didn't deserve respect. <laughs> like, in all honesty, do you get what I'm saying to you? It's like always the ones yeah. that think that you owe them are the yeah. ones that you, you, you owe nothing. Just shows about how music and fashion collide. Mm-hmm. And and you know, without music, you wouldn't there wouldn't be so many there wouldn't be fashion in so many levels. You know, mm-hmm. swinging sixties, all of that stuff, right up to date. And then we talk about this a lot on here. And I, I want to know what took you into the root of fashion and doing what you do.
2: It's very weird. I mean, when I was working the door at the clubs, evidently I didn't realize that I had an aesthetic. Really, <clears throat> I didn't. I had no idea. I just got dressed up. Yeah, I mean- and. um I think it's because I had that look at the time in New York City as if I was from London. They liked the look of me at a door. Yeah. Um, Because I I looked probably uh, what they would call exotic. They thought, oh, great, she's got a vibe. But the reason why that started is because I did my own clubs. Uh I couldn't get into some of the clubs because I had dealt with racism.
1: Yeah, of course. It was very uh, much so in New York at that point.
2: At that point, and um, I remember going to a club and, it was a guy called Howie Montauk. Who I bless Howie. I, 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 but he was the one that said, don't let that yeah. word girl in the door. And that really, uh, and this was the, the dance interior. Yeah. I mean, after a while I was like a regular and, you know, it was all fab and everything. But before that.
1: But, you know, the, it, 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 the fact that he said someone like Howie, who was a gay man. a gay man right a a very well respected gay man for the wrong reasons people respected him because he was on the door and they needed to get past him to get in right right, you know I've heard some great things
2: about him but he said it to me when someone took me there
1: no and
2: um, evidently he might have liked that boy that took me there I don't ever know anyway make a long story short because of that I got together with these kids from Brooklyn who were West Indian who liked ska, reggae, and I liked rap. Yeah. So we did our own club called Soul Boys. And I got the idea from a party I came to here at Battlebridge Road, that was given by three Irish guys. Yeah. And, and the, I I liked the way the music was, it was eclectic, it was everything. You,
1: uh, you're on about the
2: grey organization. With yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> those type of guys, yeah, yeah. With Toby. With Toby. Yeah. So, you know, and all that. And I had went to a few. And um how
1: genius was Battlebridge Road actually? Let's just I talk Road about was Battlebridge was Road. I mean, literally, it was in the back of King the back the arse of King's Cross. Uh, yeah, you yeah. went behind <laughs> the gas cylinders yeah. and you went down to this like cobbled street. Yeah. And on one side of Battlebridge Road yeah. were the guys that did all the reconstruction of old metal and stuff like that what were they called they knew, always did the festivals know, they were like know, they know, were I like goths, but they like built like these fucking great big tanks out of, out of machinery and then on the mm. other side you had these old warehouse spaces where people would do these incredible literally all-night warehouse parties now,
2: seriously it was the dopest thing i'd ever seen and when i went back to Brooklyn, when i went back to new york and that happened to me i i used to go to a club on flatbush avenue And I took those three guys. I said, let's go to the city. Yeah. And we were the first person to do a warehouse, illegal warehouse party in New York City. And we had it going for almost two years and never got caught out. And we had like West Indian food there. And we had like um, things that were uh, put on the walls for people to feel that they were like in the Caribbean. But the music was dope. It was hip hop, ska, reggae only. It was a vibe.
1: Mm. At that point in time, everyone wanted to be in London, wanted to be in New York, and everyone from New York wanted to be in London. Yeah. Yeah. And you brought that to London.
2: Well, I I wonder if I did, you know. You did a lot. Because everyone in New York thought I was British. None of them realized I was from Flatbush. Mad, right? None of them realized until I opened my mouth. But anyway, doing The Door and giving those type of looks that I was giving, it was, of course, it was completely influenced by London. Yeah. And, um... But it had a little bit more depth to it.
1: Who were you wearing at that point in time?
2: Well, Vivian was my hero. Uh, and of course. Uh, like all is. of us. Vivian, I, I used to make my own clothes a lot. Then
1: Suzanne opened that shop. Do you remember? Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. All, <laughs> she opened that shop with all the Westwood in it. Yeah, and yeah, it was yeah, just, yeah, Westwood. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just Westwood, so it was just like Mini crinies and Michael Costiff had designed it. Oh, and oh it, it crazy! It was just like <laughs> no, it was crazy.
2: It was out of control.
1: Uh, you know what I mean? You walked in and you went up the stairs, and it was just, it was just Vivian. It was just it's, Vivian. Yeah, and no. it sh-
2: as it should have been. Yeah,
1: of course. Because
2: I mean, to me at the time, she was the only one that. um was actually doing her own thing, regardless of what fashion was doing. It's
1: groundbreaking. Yeah. And also, you know, the fact that she'd come back from being, being like, lost everything so many times. She yeah. got into bed with the wrong people, the wrong financiers, yeah. and each time was, you know, lost it, and she had the shop shut down, and she yeah. bounced back. Right, let's go into your first track, right? What okay. we're here to do. This is a track from your childhood that's influenced you. Yeah. And yeah. what is it?
2: It's uh, it's called. It's a song called "Brother's Gonna Work It Out," and it's it represents me as uh, a very very young girl. Maybe I was maybe seven or eight years old or something. And it was a track from a film called The Mac.
3: Uh-huh. Is it
2: The Mac? I think it's The Mac. Yeah. Yeah, and it's about you know a guy who's a pimp. Uh huh. In Harlem. And how this is the only way a brother's going to make some money out here. And, By pimping. You know, he got girls on the street, got them on a the stroll, doing what they got to do. And um, he was actually, out of all of them, he wasn't the one that was really dogging them the way most pimps did. Because he was so good looking, they just did whatever he said. There's a scene in the film where he's talking to a guy in Harlem who's trying to give a lift to the black community in uh-huh. and Uh-huh their friends or brothers from what I can remember. This song reminds me of the conversation and the conversation states how we as a people are going to lift ourselves in a place where we can't have any opportunities, but what we have right now, which is either selling drugs or, or pimping out girls. Pin-pin. You know, don't, don't come in on my game. This is the only game I got. It's the only game I've been given as a, as a black man. And, you know, at the time, my, I mean, my father was a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. And that's what I knew. We lived very well. My mother was very chic. My father was very chic. You know, it's all of that. We lived in a beautiful house. Yeah. And I didn't even know that that's what my father was doing. But that was all he had the chance to do. It gives me a feeling of hope. Wow. And the song sang, Brother's Gonna Work It Out. We have to work it out as a people to do what we have to do in order to make it, also to get out of that category yeah. of this is the only thing we are allowed to do. Yeah. We must push ourselves forward. And that's still instilled in my mind very deeply. Like I am not a a, a black woman without depth. I refuse to exist without depth. <laughs> oh, you, you know, you, you so definitely, you've definitely I'm succeeded that bitch. on that You know that what one. I mean? Like, I'll, And I probably will always be that bitch the day I die. <laughs>
1: Oh I love yeah. that. I'm mm. seriously blown away by that answer. Like wow.
2: Yeah.
1: There you go. I knew right. today was going to open new doors for me with you, Karen. <laughs> okay, track 2 is from a film which is really important to you.
2: Mhm. Yes. Um this is when I became um exposed to foreign films. Mhm. And um it was a time when my my father was uh he had come out of jail. Yeah. And um My father was actually a part of, you know the film uh, with Denzel Washington, American Gangster?
1: Yeah, of course I know American Gangster, yeah. Well,
2: the man that was uh, arrested in the dry cleaners was my father. Oh,
1: get out of here, really?
2: So that part of my life, I was always trying to dissolve. Uh Uh-huh. And I've never been embarrassed about it. I've always been, you know, okay with that because... That's real life. That's real shit. That's, also, that, that's how know, people grow but the, up. But
1: that's yeah. where, it, you know, that, as we just discussed a minute ago, mm. that that was circumstance. Yeah. That's yeah. where he was, right? Yeah, that's that's was. His, And you know, can't be ashamed of your circumstances. No we, no, no, we can, no. we can move on from those circumstances and change those circumstances well, no, no. To well, That's the, that's of the kind ability.
2: of thing. That's the kind of thing that makes me strong. A hundred percent. That's the kind of thing that makes me Karen, you know. With this new one that I'm going to say is it's called the New York Herald Tribune, uh-huh. and it's by Marshall Salal. And it's like a 1950s bebop jazz kind of melancholic song. And the reason why it means a lot to me, because when I, I think I turned 17, 16, 17, and I used to take myself away from my environment, Mm -hmm. because if I didn't escape it at that time in different ways, I probably wouldn't be where I am today. And I told myself, I'm not going to be the black girl whose father was a drug dealer, who has no future. I'm going to see what's out there. So I went to, I used to go to the cinema on 8th Street and go to see foreign films. And this foreign film was called Breathless. Mm -hmm. And I know it's like a cult film that everybody knows about now. But at that time, people weren't even thinking like that. And I would buy The Village Voice um, every week. And I would look in the back section to see what foreign films are playing. And when I went to see this film, it's about a young, well, she's privileged, of course, white girl in Paris during the 1950s or 60s. What she's doing is she's like a student that her her family has sent her there to study because she wanted to be a journalist. And I thought, wow, how frivolous is that? Is that impossible for me? And I saw the way she was rolling. And there was a hustle in her and a darkness in her that actually kept her alive. Not that she was near death, but she hooked up with a gangster. Mm -hmm. And if she didn't go the right way, she would have been dead, too. So there's a, there was something about her that I thought, wow, this girl is one bitch, man. She's a survivor. Why can't I? That's the type of movie that made me say to myself, one day I will be in Europe. One day I will leave this, this place I, that holds me down and see the world. <laughs>
1: I'm speechless already. Yeah, yeah, no. I'm talking about breathless. You know, the thing about it is, Karen, you know, did you think at that point in time, if you hadn't gone to see those movies, you would not have got that drive to change, to move on? I mean, the fact that, you know, a little black girl, like uh, the circumstances that you're in, wanted to go to the village to watch foreign films says a lot about <laughs> who you are, right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
2: it does. I don't know, I guess, because uh, my mom would always encourage it. Yeah. Um, And uh, she would say, you know, uh, don't waste your time on on stupid things like I did. You know, learn from my mistakes. There's a big world out there and, you know, you never know. You might be a quiet one, but read, go see films, go to the museum on your own. See what you feel is great for you. And that's what I did. I mean, she said it to all of my sisters and brothers. But none of them really did it the way I did. Uh-huh. I guess because I was the quiet one uh-huh. and I was quite introverted. Fuck knows how loud the rest of the family are if you were the quiet you one. I can't aren't. even imagine. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: my God. One thing I'd say about her, you weren't, yeah, she's really quiet. Oh, no, no, it's no, never no. going to come mad, out of my I mouth. Know, no, Hello. Mean, no, no. Not from the day I met you, you have never been quiet. <laughs> right. What do you listen to day to day?
2: Different kinds of music. I listen to John Coltrane um I listen to hip hop, and of course, I'm listening a lot to Afrobeat uh, yeah. because of Wiz. He's really opened my headspace into why he works the way he works.
1: I mean, listen, let's go through your list here, right? Jazz, mm-hmm. short beats, hip hop, afrobeats, deep house, and dub. Yeah, right. I mean, they on paper they, yeah. they they all look like they're different genres. They're not different genres. Yeah, they're not, they exactly. all blend into one. Yeah, they that, do. Actually, you yeah. could, you know. Each of those, you know, it's sampled in most tracks that you hear today. Do you guys say, to you? Mm, mm, mm. I, I have to agree with you around the Afrobeats thing. You know, I, when I've been doing parties in the past for Vogue and stuff like that, and, and, you know, Fashion for Relief with Naomi, and she'd be like, we, we want Afrobeats. And I'd be like, oh, fuck off, you're not going to get Afrobeats. I don't play Afrobeats. Mm. And I went to one of my friends and said, can you download a load of Afrobeats for me? Yeah. I'd never heard of WizKid, right? right. Yeah, exactly. Blown away. Blown away by it. Do you know what I mean? Because it wasn't what I thought it was going to be.
2: You know, I hear a lot of different music in what he does, so he does it differently. That's why it opened me to Afrobeats.
1: Yeah, I mean, mean, I'm, I'm, you know... I think I was shut down around Afro bits because I I don't like anyone asking me to play something. Oh uh, of course. You I don't. don't take requests, you know. But it's like <laughs> you don't take requests. No, you know that. But you know the thing about it is, is just that because it was that you know she was like we want this and we want that and it was like hang on you're not doing the music. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I am. Yeah. So the, I kind of my wall was up around it. But when I actually listened to it, I was like actually wow this is actually genius.
2: It is great. Yeah. You know, and it's old school. He takes a lot from fella. As well, and as a very young girl, Fellow was played in my house, so you know, there's a, there's a connection there. For
1: yeah, me. do you actually, when you listen to certain tracks, right? Yeah, do you think that they're written about you or they're written for you? Because that's yes, the beauty I can of music, find that. you know. I can find that, see, <laughs> I, if I'm feeling
2: my life with it, it works, for me. you know.
1: And also, there's certain tracks you some, uh, I'll be at home and a music couple, and I just think, oh, I needed this today.
2: Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I but needed exactly. those lyrics
1: today. That's why that's when the, I wake the,
2: up, I the, wake up to to John Coltrane first. The incredible,
1: you know, it 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 it's almost like self affirmation. Yeah. If you listen to the right music at the right time in the mornings, it can set your mind into such a good place and put you onto such a a uh, uh, a level of happiness. Do you know what I mean? Like if I wake up and I've got dogs barking and sh- someone screaming, <laughs> shy, that sets me up to, to start barking myself. Exactly. The day. Do <laughs> there it I mean? is, right? But you know, it, it, it you know, there's certain times in my life where I've got I've been at my lowest point and I've put a track on and I just thought, oh my god, these words were written for me. You know, and I, how it, deep is that? It, but that, that, you know, that's the that's the beauty and the miracle of of music when it works. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 And also fuck knows what the song words were. I'd probably change them all anyway exactly. to make them that. Like <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it's it's the feeling, it's the mood. Yeah. I also listen to a lot of um Tali Kwalib. One of my favorite songs from him is Blast. Then I, a lot of times I listen to fl- um, Flying Lotus. Okay. And what that does is that gives me a melancholic feeling that I, my, my life is still at the moment. And so it takes me away from reality.
1: So it's almost, almost like a, a state of meditation for yeah. music, right? Yeah, Okay. When I'm working,
2: those three things work for me because that means that I'm going to be in a good mood for the whole day
1: amazing and that's yeah. what it should be do you know what i mean when you when we find stuff that works for us it, yeah, you which know, is very
2: difficult for a lot of people.
1: It really is. And I, I think that comes within time. I, I think it comes from a lot of lessons in life that we find what really works mm-hmm. for us. And when, when we do find that, what works for us, whether it be music or wherever it be, yeah. I mean, why the fuck didn't I do this before? For it, really? because, <laughs> But it wouldn't have happened it before because it mm. takes that point in time for you to be at your lowest or for you to be at rock Robbom or any of those other things for it all to align. Right. Do you know right, what I mean? Right.
3: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com all right okay what do you
1: um listen to when you're creating right. i like I, this i always like this question
2: okay right i listen to slightly alternative music that has a beat uh-huh. or that has a very deep bass groove line yeah So the ones I've listed here was, I think it's the group Odyssey. Yeah. It's called Social Insecurity. What does that tell you? (laughs) (laughs) And then I will move something from like that to some old school house tune called Hot Music. Yeah, I love that. And then I don't know if it's a band or what it is. They're called Burial. Uh And the song is called Shell of Light.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Okay. I'll check that out when I get home. Check that out.
2: And then there's another one called Romare. And the song is Prison Blues. And what this type of music is, it gives me the feeling that I've been lifted out yeah. of myself. Yeah. And it puts me in the air. And I float through that air when I'm creating. Amazing. And when I hear it, and I usually put that kind of music on if I'm working with a designer. Uh-huh. Because what happens is it opens my mind to things that I've liked before and things that I've been thinking about and haven't said. It's
1: a happy place.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, it's like, where you know, you close your eyes and you think of this, this happy place and it changes, it changes everything. Oh, yes, yeah, everything. atmosphere. When you do I'm therapy, saying. right, a lot of intense therapy, mm. they always say to you, go to your happy place, go to your happy place. So you close and you breathe. You breathe, right. And okay. you go, you vision yourself sitting in your happy place and it's in front of you and it calms you and then they'll start therapy because right. what it does is it centers you and it's the same with what you're saying about music it centers you mm. so when you're working with a designer you know what you're going to get from that track Completely. you know for what it's going to open up all your creative that mm. pathways and it's going to it's going to allow you to 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 flow do you know what I'm it saying also to?
2: opens me yeah that's what i'm saying so it really it really opens me to work with someone because you know it's difficult these days when you're Someone of my age and that has done what I've done. I have a lot of knowledge. I almost have too much.
1: What song best represents the sound of your studio?
2: Well, my studio would be between hard dub. So I put out (laughs) Augustus Pablo, King Tubby meets the Rockers. Let's keep it one hundred. the beat is so hard. That's fucking that heavy, dog. It's like, I mean. come on now. You're, yeah. gonna, you're gonna get flavor when you walk yeah. through the door. Yeah, you're. It's just pure you're gonna flavor. feel those vibrations. Come on now. Like I'm that. I'm that girl. Yeah. Then I go from that. Then I will have like my old school Mob Deep. Give up the yeah. You know, Mob Deep is like I'm still that girl in the streets. Yeah, I'm out here in still streets got streets type of shit. Yeah. yeah, you know, like I'm still I'm still badass. I still got my shit tight. You know, and I gotta keep it tight. And it's a reminder that, you know, also with these different songs. Of course, the third one is Money and Love by Whiskid, Yeah. It just keeps me in balance of of understanding that my category is always going to be more than one. Yeah. And the music I listen to, if you come into my world, you're going to understand that I'm never going to be one category.
1: Uh-huh. Can yeah. I just say you're, you know, it's, it's quite admirable the... The 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 level of respect that you have for Whisked, now because I've been working. With no, him because, because you is. work with him, but yeah. you know a lot of people I talk to say uh, doing this, and and you know of my life, if, if they're working with someone that they don't really have that respect for that person, but you oh, really right. he oozes with you.
2: Well, because he has a lot love of respect for me. Like, yeah, I mean, he has. He's allowed me to showcase him as a young black artist who's actually. With his head down all the time, really, he's. I think I don't know if it, you would call it shy, but he's quite introverted. We're probably a lot alike. Yeah, we, pro- we battle. Yeah, okay, we come at each other. We are like, you know, yo, we, this ain't enough. Mm-hmm. You know, we're always at each other's like, this ain't enough. But he's allowed me to, to really show what I can do with an artist. Mm-hmm. And what I do is I push them. I'm a pusher, and the respect is so mutual. That it's quite rare. It's very really, I mean really he looks rare. incredible. Looks incredible. But it's because if the music wasn't that deep, I couldn't give him that that much. Yes. Yeah, so, so you see, that's probably what it is. I mean, I have other artists that I've worked with that I really, really, really respect. Another one is Tori Amos. Yeah. I've worked with her for, for over 25 years. That bitch is deep. Yeah, like it's know. like all those girls that came up with her. None of them have stand the test of time that she has. She still sells a million copies. She still travels. She still um tours and they're all. She's sold still out. Tory. And she's still touring. She <laughs> you know that. She's <laughs> like, you know what? This is And that's me. what
1: shines with her, right? Come on. Boom. It's Tory fucking Amos.
2: But I'll I'll give you I'll give you another reason why I probably get along with Wiz is because he's he reminds me a bit of Jean, Jean Michel. Yeah. In a way where he's unapologetic and he sticks to his guns, and he's not jumping on top of every single other artist to collab because he does need to. Mm. That's how I think. Yeah. So, you know. Let's
1: talk about Jean-Michel.
2: Let's talk about Jean-Michel. I love Jean-Michel.
1: <laughs> you know, I don't. You know, I talk about Keith a lot in my life because, you know, I had a really good connection with Keith because we were mm. both sluts, and we both, <laughs> and we both went out a lot uh, in every country yeah, we went completely. to. But with we, we Jean-Michel, when he came to London, you know, it was like, yeah, you know, I didn't even know he was an artist because I didn't want to know he was an artist. I knew right, Michel Michel. Right, Do you know what I mean? There it is. And, and, you know, he was just this scruffy little kid that we used to like think, oh, yeah, yeah. let him in. He's fun. Do you know what right, I mean? Exactly. Let him in. Let him in. And then he got and it wasn't until later that I knew that he found out he was an artist. Do you know what I mean? So that's
2: what I'm saying. So he's just, that's how it is. If, if you don't have a vibe on yourself, you have nothing to offer. Uh-huh. You have nothing to give if you don't have anything yourself. With Jean, I met Jean. I slapped his face when I first met. Yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, I can. He's trying see it, that. and then after that, we became more like brother sisters. Yeah, friends. and it was the same kind of mutual respect. It, I, ha, I see the same thing in Jean-Michel that I see in Andre Walker that <sighs> I see in Wizkid. See, these are three men in my life. They're hardcore. We argue and fight and all but masters them what they do because whatever they do is two hundred percent real. I mean, andre is extremely complex, mm. but all the men I've just told you about are. Yeah. And they all I think have the light and the demon in them, and they're constantly fighting. But maybe that's what makes them interesting. Mm. And that's what allows me to be inspired. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just I just don't waste time with airheads. I I don't waste time with homogenized artists that don't even know who they are. Um, but that's a real quality. And that's also so in bad taste. I do not tolerate bad taste. I don't want to have any connection. To it. <laughs> I'm but not I can do interested. you a list of
1: people that we don't. We're not going to work with. Okay. okay, right. This is one of my favorite questions that we ask people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What's the most important song you've heard on a catwalk show? And you've been to a lot of catwalk shows.
2: Yeah. I mean, what I would, there's a, there's a song that I like that has a very melodic beat and it's by Lemon Trip yeah. and it's called Middleland. Yeah. And I would advise everybody to, to check that out. It has a very strong beat. It gives me the feeling of, you know, you go to a Rick Owens show. Yeah. You know, the depth of the Rick Owens show takes you there. It's like, There is nothing cheesy about it. There is a lot of thought involved. There's a lot of of struggle involved. There's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of anger. There's so much emotion in a Rick Owens show. When When I hear this song, it gives me the feeling of how you should look at a collection. And then the other song is my all-time, <laughs> like you say, I'm not listening to disco. My all-time favorite, that was at the Fendi show for Kim Jones. Love is the message all day, every day. You know that,
1: right? All day, every day. And we knew day. Kim would have that in, <laughs> in that show. You know, you oh, knew wow. for well. There's certain tracks that you know. because you know, Kim's doing this uh, with us as well. You um, and I, I I saw him the other night and I was like, I already know your playlist. And he was like, I bet you don't. His playlist is is, is, crazy.
2: You know that, right? It's crazy for his age. I'm like, how do you know about this music? He's he's, like, Karen, I don't know everything. How
1: does Kim know about anything? Do you know what I'm saying? Kim knows everything everything. about anything.
2: Like seriously, he's
1: probably intelligent. Listen. He's Kim Jones for a reason. I mean, no, 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 no. He's Kim Jones for a reason. There it is. Do you know what I'm saying, sir? Since he was like, since he was 15, right? Can you imagine? You know, and it's like I used to, he used to come to, to the clubs, and everyone used to pick on him, and I used to look after him. Mm. And he always says to me, "Oh, you used to look after me out of everyone, because I, I saw him, who he was."
2: Mm. Do you know what I mean? You know, when I met Kim, I met Kim. He came up to me and knew my name. <laughs> he said, "Oh, you're Karen Binns. I'm obsessed. Oh, you work with Andre Walker." Or something like that. And I was like, this is the cutest kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I said, oh, you do jumpers. Do
1: you remember when, when he was, he was really, young, a, yeah, really, that's really right. young?
2: And I immediately introduced him to Andre. I mean, I just thought he was an angel. Yeah. I honestly thought he was an angel. But I thought, my God, for someone so young, how can he understand so much information?
1: Because he because he's a sponge when he's it comes sponge, to that, yeah. you know that's why he's so successful in everything he does. Mm-hmm. Every collection is a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It's there the same you recipe see. as Vivian. See, and there he you puts go. it all together. Uh, okay, best music video in terms of fashion.
2: Please, David Bowie, life on Mars. Come on now. Like you can't fuck with Bowie. Like for me, that is the epitome of an artist. Who understands the importance of fashion, but on his own terms, because he has the taste level to bring it. I mean, that video today will forever be copied. That's why I put uh, Wizkid in a, in a lime green suit.
1: And he looked fucking and great in, looked, in a lime in green suit. Dior, hello, like Kim Jones.
2: I have been sky blue. <laughs> <it's kind> of, <laughs> because with, with, with Bowie, Bowie's probably been... Definitely one of the biggest influences on how I see it's his fashion. birthday today. I know devastation, it,
1: you know that, right?
2: He's still the number one, like, he's still yeah, the number I, one. I did a meme, he's a couple, unbeatable, like,
1: like a few years ago, and it was like, Name your top 10 artists of all time, and it was like, it, it was like. David Bowie, David Bowie, David Bowie, David Bowie. <laughs> because that's it. <laughs> like, how you gonna uh, do you what, you it? You, you, know, can't, you can't beat it. You know, you can't beat it. We, are, so for me, music is it, on so many levels. It, you know, there's so many geniuses and there's so many, you know, things that I, I, I hold up here. But no one can go that next level to Bowie. G. Please, saying, yeah. they could
2: get in the line all day. They're never
1: gonna make mm. it. When it comes to fashion, when it comes to music, that's what this show's all about. Right, exactly. You know, if you were to yeah. sum it up, it's like just David Bowie, because it, you know <laughs> it, it's where fashion and music collide, yeah. and you know, and he takes the music to the next level with the looks, and you know, you have you have Ziggy Stardust, you have Come all of this, on. just incredible. Aladdin Even when insane. he looked like a
2: sweet boy, you know, when he yeah, played, amazing when he did that video, let's dance in Australia, he still looked like the motherfucking yeah, man, mad, like right, he looked like that guy that you want to know. You want to understand him. You want to meet him. You want to sit down with him. And you want to listen to his music. You know, it's like, for me, I do artists the way Bowie thinks. Mm. And I don't, like I said, I don't put them in the category that they're expected to be in. I always try to show and prove, especially, especially if they're an artist that's been put in a category. Yeah. How dare you?
1: What track right now Sums up where you are in life.
2: And this is an old song, a very old song that Tori Amos did, and it's called The Motor Maids of Japan.
1: Right. I've and not heard about, it, but I'm going to go home and play that.
2: So <laughs> beaut- you would never expect me to even know this song, <laughs> because everything for me is about a beat. But... When she sings it, I'm in tears to this wow. day. And the reason why, because I was with her when she was writing it. Okay. And what she's saying is about love and what she would do for love and the love of everything the love of yourself, the love of a man in my life, the love of the work that I, I do. And she's just talking about when she went to Japan and she watched the way the motor maids work. Yeah. And it was the dedication. And the struggle that gave her the happiness and the excitement of tomorrow wow. and the joy that it will bring when you accomplish what you need to accomplish that day. And that's how I feel. Wow. And it's like when I think about it, that the when I every time when I see her and I see, I see uh the, I see her in concert. I always ask her every other concert, will you please <laughs> sing this song? She goes, Karen, it's such an old song. I like, Will you sing it? And it's the way she sings it. She's like a channeler. Hmm. And um, I, I, I'm in tears I because it, it reminds me of where I come from and how far I've gone, uh-huh. and how I'm still in motion. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of that, I've, I've been blessed to not have ever been on drugs, because my brother died from AIDS. Yeah. Um, because he, the last time he shot up, he was a junkie. He shot up, all his friends had it, yeah. had, had it, and he didn't. And he lasted like 10 years after them. But he died of AIDS because of drug addiction. So I saw it as a very young girl. Um, that what I saw was the drugs were like a monster to me, uh-huh. you know, trying to rip my throat apart. Mm-hmm. That's how I saw it. So that's the, only, that's the one thing that kept me in fear of it. And um, so I've never had that as a vice. But because I don't have a vice, my emotions can get out of control. So when I hear that song, I release the emotion and I remind myself where I am today and how blessed I am to be here and blessed to be good to myself, if that makes any sense. Does that make sense? That's the most incredible question. (laughs) Or try to That's
1: one of the incredible answers ever. I just think, you know. I'm, lo- I've, I'm literally loving today so much because there's a side to you that I've not seen before that depth. You know, it, it's, it's mind-blowing. Um, I'm going to ask Thank you one last you. question, babe. Yeah. Uh, artist, mm-hmm. li- alive or dead, who, who's the one artist you would have loved to have worked with or would love to work with?
2: That's a difficult one. Really difficult. My God, I would have loved to have worked with Tupac. Mm, Wow, that's a good one. Because I would have loved to have shown the other side to him. Yeah. That's just not that that guy from the corner, you know, rapping and raving. He was an intellectual, and he didn't get a chance to show it, I guess because, you know, doing what he did in L.A. L.A. is very, very flaky, and they just do things that they think they should do with a black artist like him. But, you know, the fact that his parents were who they were, you know, and, you know, the whole Black Panther movement yeah. being, you know, a huge influence on him. I would have loved to work with Tupac to show the brilliance in him in a much more alternative way. And I think that's a shame um, that, that, didn't, that, that, that that didn't happen. I mean, I thought that's a, that was a huge loss. You know, David Bowie didn't need my help. <laughs> he was no, already. David Bowie didn't Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he gave it. you all, if not more than than anybody could still give today. There is no other. But I would have liked to work with him. Bless thank you so blessing. much.
1: Long may you reign. We love oh, you. Oh,
2: thank you, thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Karen. All right.